ahead and hit record. And Awesome. Well, welcome back. We are about to adventure into, well, fall, go into the middle of Woodwall where we left the battle. But before we do that, we will go around and remind everybody who is playing who in the Ragged Coast campaign that we're in. And we'll start off with Nate. Hi, uh, I'm Nate. I am playing a dragonborn bard named Mechla Shanantor. Goes by Nick. Excellent. And Andy, you're up next. Hi, my name is Andy, and I am playing a male wood elf monk, level four. His name is Fence. Fence the monk, and uh, he is uh, fast. Uh, right now, he's in the middle of. Um, an altercation with some rough looking dwarves. All right, moving on, we will go to um, Kevin. Hi, my name's Kevin. I'll be playing Theraval Fantastical, an Eladrin arcane tr trickster charlatan rogue who's chaotic something or another. Um, I have a familiar named Fitz, who's an ice method, and uh, I'll throw it over to uh, Janae for introductions. All right, popcorn. I'm Janae. I play Clarence Dilkloven, a uh, multi-class fighter druid um, who's a rather speedy shapeshifter, also in an altercation. Excellent. DJ? DJ, and I'm playing Crenshaw Jones, an investigator who is accidentally a sorcerer by virtue of touching the outer planes and he is about to get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> All right, well, so why don't we go over to Andy with the unprepared recap from last time when we played. All right, here we go. Here's a recap from July 30th, 2021. Fence, Claren, Crenshaw, Mick, and Theraval make their way through the dark towards Woodwall. They are greeted at the gate by Bondi, who is delighted to see Crenshaw alive. Bondi has been sending his ravens into the night to try to track the cave beast ever since Umber returned with the terrible news of the attack. After talking with Bondi, the party heads directly to Umber's house. Crenshaw knocks on the door, waking Umber and telling a tale of survival and asking Umber what happened. Mick is invisible and has also come into Umber's surveyor's office. Meanwhile, Theraval and Fitz have snuck in through a back window and Fence and Claren wait in the shadows outside. Umber is nervous and apologetic and terrified. He agrees to go with Crenshaw to find Ged Grayson at Ged's guests. Mick cases the office before following Umber and Crenshaw. Theraval and Fitz case out the living room and then the office. They do not go upstairs. They have opened chests in the office and found a significant amount, but not all of Theraval's and Mick's gear. For example, no plus one sword and no loot. Umber and Crenshaw are confronted by four tough looking dwarves with billy clubs. Fence, Mick, and Claren are there to provide backup. One round of combat and one tough is knocked out or possibly dead and two others 
are injured. All right, with that, we should roll over to roll 20. And I believe we were actually already into the second round of combat. It looks like we are at um, tough number one's action. I think Fence had already gone with a flurry of blows at the beginning of the second round when we ended last time. I think that's right. I'm assuming that's what my my yellow highlight in the on the initiative sheet means. Um, if you're not in roll 20, head on over that direction. And I will also drop the initiative order into the chat here for everybody. Uh, keep us all on the same page. I'm on a new laptop this week. Uh, so it may take a minute for me to uh, recover my Roll20 account. My work computer doesn't even know that I play D&D. And so uh, I'll be with you presently there. All right. Well, luckily, fence, fence went immediately before this. So this brings us to our Tufts. And I think Tuff number one is actually over here facing off with Fent. So he is going to, they have all taken hits. Oh, he is not looking so good. Um, he actually sort of uses disengage and pushes with his billy club, like against Fence's arms to give himself the room to maneuver away without provoking an opportunity attack. And he's sort of like, man, that uh, must have been a misunderstanding. And he pushes and then he skedaddles back about 15 feet around the corner of the building there. Um, not so interested in someone who's going to fight back. Um, that brings us to Claren. Hmm. It makes me wonder whether we want to kill these goons or just incapacitate them. Um, so he's running away. You said the one that's just moved. Carl's the one that was that was tough number one. Yeah, that was tough number one. So he sort of used his billy club to push off, block any attacks from fence and scoot it back like, whoa, don't know about this. Got it. Okay, and the two next to Mick, are they in active altercation with Mick? Oh yeah, they are, I mean, at this moment, they have not yet broken off from attacking. I mean, it was. They're, they're, they're attacking uh, Crenshaw, right? I'm, I'm still invisible. Uh, I'm still invisible. Did you, did you attack last time, Mick? I, I did, I did not because if I attack or if I engaged in any way that I'm no longer invisible, is that correct? That's correct, yeah. Can I, can I speak? Um, yeah, as long as it's not a, um, the words to an attack spell, sure. Yeah, okay, got it. Okay, that's all I need to know. Okay, yeah, I think I'd like to try and incapacitate one of the, um, one of Ged's guys that are near Mick, even if they can't see him, because they're gonna start, I think, getting aggressive soon. Yeah, they're they're looking forward and heading towards Crenshaw. So the four had come out and 
fence ran from over here, sort of behind this corner and smacked into these guys. I think he actually not only knocked this one down and badly damaged that one, but this one, the first, the one further to the south by Mick is lightly damaged, not heavily. And then the other one is unbloodied. Got and it. just okay. one point of information, um, I stepped in front of Crenshaw so that uh, if they tried to attack him, they would have to go past me. Got it, okay. That is good to know. Okay, so I think I'm going to use um, part of my action to kind of run forward. Um, I was trying to figure out how far I could go based on how far away I am now. And it looks like I could probably run around, you know, 50 feet in this turn to get like right here. Um, does that seem reasonable? Sure. And then I like to shoot out with a bow and arrow one of the uh, one of the, the goons, one of Ged's guys to kind of try and just incapacitate one of them. Okay, which one are you shooting at? I will shoot at um, this one, I think is a clear okay. shot. Um, let's hope I don't get any Crenshaw or I wouldn't be too mad if I got get in the process, but or umber in the process, that would be okay. But let's see. Ooh, that's good. That's a 16 plus four, that's a 20. Okay, that's and, a hit. And I'll do a D10 worth of damage with the heavy crossbow. 10. All right, that's four damage. Four damage? I rolled a four. Oh, I have my modifier. Thank you. Uh, yeah, for your, your dexterity. Right, uh, so that's a six. Okay, yep. That's exciting. Yeah, so a bit of damage, arrow goes, you know, sort of grazes his shoulder, so not terribly, but it's like, whoa. And that brings us to Crenshaw. I think it's- Crenshaw turns to Umber and says, Umber, follow me and keep your head down and goes this way. Oh, all right. So it starts running, running back or, or moving away back. from the fight. Because I know that Umber moves more slowly than I do. Mm -hmm. So um, <clears throat> I want to try and keep him with me. So I'm not going to quite double move but I'm gonna make it, I wanna move, let's see, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. I wanna move, is, he's not in the initiative order. Is he following right away? Uh, he is actually, but I think he's down with a nine. He's over in that right-hand column. Okay. So he goes the same time Mick does. Great, then in that case, I'm not gonna go an extra, I'm just gonna make one move okay. to here. And since I'm only making one move, <clears throat> I'm gonna turn, let's see. Yeah, keep your head down, follow us this way. And I'm gonna turn and over my shoulder, I'm gonna shoot an Eldritch Blast Excellent. at the same one that Claren just shot, because he's the only one that can reach me. 
And while we're there, um, Kevin did a little homework for me and I forgot to add an extra proficiency bonus because I'm proficient in uh, martial combat. So it's actually eight points of damage. There were two I missed for my proficiency bonus. If that changes anything. Um, yeah, usually proficiency only adds to, um, to, to hit. Okay. Oh, right. Okay. Rather, All right. rather than to damage. Okay, that's fine. No worries then. Sorry, continue. <laughs> Technicalities. I always forget sometimes the little pieces that I can add on. That game mechanic. All right. All right. I am only going to roll a seven to hit with that. Okay. So that will, the Eldritch Blast goes off. You know, these dwarves are, they're, they're short and stocky and uh, right, right over, right over his head into the, the tent that's slightly behind. And... That brings us to, well, tough number two um, is there on the ground, none too lively. That brings us to Mick and Umber. And you know what? Um, since we're not quite sure which side Umber stands on, let's just do a roll off here, Nate. Um, in just a 20-sided dice and see who goes first this round. So he got a 10. And eight. All right. Um, yeah, so Umber is going to go ahead and follow Crenshaw down this direction, and it's like, "Oh no, we're 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 in trouble. Get sent the boys after us. This isn't good." Crenshaw's going to make soothing noises toward him, the way you would toward a puppy. Mm -hmm. Like settle, All right. settle. We've got this. Mick, our, all right. Nate, what is what is Mick up to? Okay, Mick is has these two guys near him, and he is watching them to see if they are retreating, like they're who are harmed. They are plotting to. Um, does he need to roll to find that out, or is that something that's pretty? Obvious? You could you could do a perception check, or if you want to ready an action, you can say. If they move forward, I hit them on the head. And if they back up, so a ready to action yeah. could be in response. Let me do the perception check. Um, Would it be perception or insight or maybe whatever is higher for you? In, they're both plus three for me. Um, so right. I'm, I'm thinking, I mean, insight might be more of what I'm going for simply because I want him as the invisible guy to suss out whether these two are going to be. Yeah. You know, have they stood their, stood their ground or are they about to run? Sure. And I mean, it's, you're looking and guessing insight would be a good role and, yeah. you know, certainly not a hundred percent because it's. Okay. But what uh, let's see where we're at here. Well, that's a lousy roll. That's a nine. Um, so I think I think Mick is just going to stay uh, shut up. He's going to be quiet at this point because if he gives up his advantage of invisibility, uh, I think it's going to be just winning if we get to Gids. Um, okay, so. These ones are 
check the movement. They are, they both move forward, not towards get an um, uh, towards um, Umber and Crenshaw, but towards Fence and their comrade that's fallen on the ground. One of them does yell at Umber. Yeah, that's right. We're going to come and get you next. But the, and the other one goes, yeah, but first we're taking care of this one. And they move this direction. Yeah. So this one, so stepping sort of protectively in front of his friend, they are both going to take a swing at fence. And well, that is one very good and one very bad. Um, the one up here who's been injured takes a swing and that is going to be a 23. That's a hit. So he will hit and that will be four points of damage. All right. And the set, um, we'll do it this way. The second one, however, like has gotten like by his friend and he's like, seems like he's getting ready to try to hit you, but he is so much more concerned with his friend. It, it like is hardly a swing at all. Like it's really half-hearted. He almost drops the billy club and he's like, shit, you killed him. And it, the billy club is on the ground and he actually, puts his hands under the other one and starts to drag him, you know, not really far, but he's like trying to pull his friend away. The one who hit you actually is moving quickly and swings around with a second strike. That is a 19, I think. Let me check his modifier here. So he's got two attacks. He does. And actually that's a, it's an unnatural 20. So that um, naturally hits me. My armor class is 19. Okay. And that will be six more damage. And then we are back at the, the top of the order. So Fence, you've gotten one tough who seems to be hauling his friend away and the other who's bruising for a battle. Bruising All right. Well, I'm going to... Um, offer uh, a battle to this guy who just uh, hit me twice. And um, I'm going to, uh, holding it with two hands, I'm going to swing my spear at him. And uh, can I elect as a monk or just as any character, can I elect um, to use uh, non-lethal damage as I attack this guy rather than to go for the kill. Yeah. Oh, and I meant to say something last time, and I, I was like, yeah, I let it go. But with the spear, I think if you're using it two-handed to do the 1d8 damage, then you have to uh -huh. modify it with strength rather than with dexterity. I think the versatility of the spear is if you're throwing it, you modify with dex. If you're stabbing with it, modified by strength. 
Huh, I've never read that. Yeah, I, well, actually, I don't know that that's a, a rule rule. I think that's a Carl rule. Right, but um, in this instance, it's a, a monk weapon, right? A spear is one of my monk weapons, and I get to use dexterity when I'm using monk weapons. Oh, okay. So I, I think that's why, I mean, that's one of the reasons that I, uh, I use a spear because I wouldn't be able to use a, a two-handed sword because uh, it's not officially a monk weapon. Right, okay, yeah. So then that, that yeah, that more specific thing would, would modify it. That makes sense, okay. I roll, I've got a plus seven to hit. I rolled a 10, so that's a 17. Um, I believe that hits, uh, yes, it does. And it did uh, five plus five is ten points of damage. Okay. And this was this was to subdue. Yes. Um, yeah. So you whack him, um, perhaps with the end of it, sort of across the face. He staggers back, but he is still up on his feet. Right. I'm going to uh, give him next a karate chop. And I rolled a 20. Can you all see that? I don't know if you can. There it is. Right. There's my 20. Not 20. So uh, I give him uh, a karate chop uh, across the neck with the hopes of uh, knocking him out. And that's a, a, D a D4 plus five. I rolled a four, so that's nine points of damage. And if we do double damage, then that's 18. Woo. All right, so here's the trick. Um, yes. The non-lethal damage, certainly get it. Um, you hit him, was that across the front of the neck or the back of the neck? You know, the way that, um, Jacques Clouseau always used to do, like it was kind of like right at the, the chop of the neck, you know, to, to oh, knock the guy out. Like right here. Yeah, yeah, he goes down like a sack of potatoes. I mean, 18 damage is, and you, you were going to knock him out. And honestly, Fence, you hear like a cracking of bones and you're sort of like, oh, <laughs> oops. <laughs> oh, well. So it, don't, it, it don't mess with fence, whether, that's all I got to say. Yeah, whether it was a collarbone or a neck bone, but something in there broke. Yeah, well, I'll let him deal with that uh, later. That's that's why you don't um, attack fence twice with a, a billy club. And um, for my next action, I would like to... Um, uh, use yet another blow. I'd like to burn a, a key point and uh, run over to run around the corner. Oh, wait, remind me who's left. So this guy I've just dispatched. Yes, with a, with a red X through him. He is he is crumpled on the ground. Right. And then there is the one to the right hand side who is dragging his friend. He is still up. Um, and then the one who ran behind the building. I actually want to catch the one who um, ran uh, behind uh, the, uh, the building there. 
Okay. I haven't used any of my uh, movement yet. So I'm just going to run over and give him uh, a karate chop as well with the second of my flurry of blows. Okay. And I got an 18 plus seven is a 25. That's a hit. And that's uh, two plus five is seven points of, of damage. I also, um, if I could, I try to uh, get between him and whatever direction he's going, especially if he's going towards uh, Ged's um, uh, brewery tap house. And the brewery tap house is over sort of to the northeast along that path. Um, he's backed up here, sort of behind the building. He's still facing you. Um, okay. But you're able to get past and get a, a you know, another a blow on him, but this one's more on the shoulder and he is still, still standing afterwards. Right. I guess I try to block his way so that um, it would be easier for him to walk back towards where all the action is than to make a run for it. Okay, yeah, go ahead and place yourself in any of those three squares, you know, sort of next to him, either right above him or to the north. Like right there? Yeah, or and then just do it so that you're engaged, so you're right, right next to him. Okay. Yeah, sort of trapping him up against the building. There we go. Awesome, and... And then I just, I just say out loud, I've got this one in case... Um, uh, just in case Nate can't see all of this, I want him to uh, to know that I'm I'm in control over on that side. Dude, you you got me, man. He he drops the billy club. He's like, Jed just said to take care of you, and he's like, put. He's dropped his billy club, and his hands have have gone up. Um, that brings us to Claren. So the Genbro who's dragging his friend, is he moving right now or is he just like sobbing over his buds? Um, the, so the one who's dragging his friend, um, he is, I mean, he's got him under the, the arms and he's like, he's dead, I think. Um, and he's like looking really worried. And then he's now like glancing over at his friend who's just giving up to defense. And he looks worried, but he's also like, trying to pull his friend backward. And you actually notice he sort of glances and he glances to the stone building, the, the temple that's right there to Freya and Freya. And he looks at that and you can see like, there's a little bit of, do I go that way? Or do I keep pulling him back towards Ged's goods? Like he's trying to think of where he's gonna take his friend. Okay. Yeah, I mean, Kind of feel like we shouldn't let these 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 bros get away at this point we don't really want them reporting anything back to ged so i think i'd also like to incapacitate the the one who's dragging i don't want to really kill him because i don't think they're they seem like they're getting out of combat mode but i'd like to sort of just prevent him from moving um so i'm gonna move forward and i'd like to like shoot at his knee you know or like the ankle, just try to prevent him from moving and dragging his friend around. Okay. So I'll, I'll use my crossbow again for that. Just just a little snipe, try to prevent okay. him from moving around. Um, 
All right, that is a 13 plus, that's a 15. Does that hit? That's a hit, yes. Okay, and then do the D10. Ooh, yeah, knock, what? That's a 10. Oh, that is a 10. That is good, you're right. I always forget how to read these dice. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna a 10 or a one on the 10. Anyway, it's a, that's a 12. Okay. Maybe that was more than incapacitation, oops. Right, isn't it? Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yes. That reminds me of like one of the first times I think that um, that Mary played, and there was a moment of roll. I can't remember if it was Mary or Andy, but they rolled the, the zero on the ten side, and they were like, "Oh shit, I got a zero. And Kevin, I think you were there. You were sort of like, "No," but it was a really endearing sort of moment. Um, all right, other campaigns. Um, yeah, wait, it was yeah. a one. Sorry. It was a one. I was Sorry. right. Sorry, it was a one. It was a one. Oh, yeah, not the zeros. Sorry. Kevin got confused. I got confused. Um, that's okay. Uh, that's, that's all right. It's um, one to three with my modifier. So maybe right. incapacitation did work. We weren't going for heavy damage here. We just want to prevent him from moving. All right, he's like, damn, still shooting at me. She is. Um, oh, all right, roll 20 is not cooperating here with modifying the damage. <laughs> all right, eventually I'll get him down to only minus three. That'll work. All right. Um, that brings us to Crenshaw. Crenshaw seeing sort of what's happening <clears throat> as he's looking at umber behind him and <clears throat> seeing that there's this playing out 40 feet away from him 50 feet away from him he is going to turn it's dark right yes it is I, I, one of the things in the recap i realized i didn't specify that you had arrived in woodwall at midnight or later so it's probably like 1 1 30 in the morning at this point okay so crenshaw's gonna turn around and with prestidigitation he's gonna make a light a very a prestidigitation can only make a very dim light so a dim light is gonna shine up from under his face and there's gonna be a wind that blows out from him and he is going to say in a very deep very threatening voice take your friend and leave and never return to get and i'm going to make an intimidation check okay and let's see, my intimidation. It's going to be a 16. Now I'm in D &D. Okay. Um, so you're, he's like, I'm, I'm trying to go. He actually picks his friend up and puts him into a, a fireman's hold. And it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm going no more. Just tell her not to shoot me in the back, damn it. And 
he proceeds to, let me see if I'm skipping. Um, okay, yeah, he actually, so he's got his friend picked up sort of in response to you, has made those comments, um, but Mick and Umber should act before, before he gets to move. And then- I turn around and give Crenshaw a slight nod and put my bow and arrows away. <laughs> I need to keep the lighting effects going. It's gonna okay. stay scary for a while. Um, <laughs> Mick, why don't we go to you and then we'll go to Umber next here. But this gentleman who's closest to you has his friend like in the fireman's hold and is like getting ready to book it up, up the road. Okay, then I think Mick is going to be the voice, voice without a face and say, uh, we have to get to Geds and Bondi. Let's go, team. Um, Umber sort of turns to Crenshaw's like, uh, you got them, they're, they're, they're all running and there's another voice that's like speaking out. Are, are we really going to, to, to get still? <clears throat> Crenshaw says, you and I are going to Bondi. You're no good to me dead. Definitely don't want to die. Um, still, still with the scary lighting. Okay, yeah, get it. you know, Umber's knees like are bouncing together here. Um, Kevin, he will keep you alive. Kevin, would you like to roll um, Theraval into Theraval and fits into initiative order. So you're a good, you know, probably more like 500 feet away. I'm not sure the outside map here is really too fully to scale, um, but you've heard this commotion at this point in time. And if you would want to join in to the initiative 24. Yeah. All right, so yeah. What did your initiative? That means he gets to go in the past. Whoa. He is so fast, he gets to catch up. No, actually that's perfect because we've just ended the round um, with, uh, with the thug carrying his buddy away. And Theraval, it would be perfect if you would like to go now. Sorry. Sorry, so I heard all this commotion out, out there or outside. Yeah, outside, yes. Oh my! And sorry, what what what's going on? Is are there people upstairs? Like, I just want the I just want the sword and the loot and stuff back. <laughs> yeah, you all, you and Fitz have just um, managed to get everything out of the two cases that were on the two chests that were on the first floor, one on the western side and one on the eastern side of Umber's office, and you had not yet gone. The living room was sort of back in the Southwest corner of the building. You hadn't gone up the spiral staircases that were in there. Well, and was there a living room and an office in the Southwest corner or, or those separate, separate rooms? Yeah, the office is on the, the North face of the building. That's where you guys are now. And then there's a hallway that runs sort of East, West across and then if you're looking on the map, the southwest corner is the living room and the southeast corner was the kitchen, which is where you came in. 
And and where are the stairs up up to the second South, floor? Southwest corner. All right. Uh, we're gonna go to the southwest corner. Okay. I. This isn't the smart thing, but it's what my character would do. <laughs> I would like telepathically just like tell Fitz, "Come on, we gotta loot this place. <laughs> We're getting loot and loot, like mix." <laughs> I'm with you. If we're getting we're getting loot, I'm going. Let's go. Um, is and did, did go ahead. Bits tear open a lot of books in this living room or something? Or oh, he was, yeah, you ask him to search for books. He ripped through about half a dozen before he was like, "There's no hidden compartments in here." Saban always had the valuables in the books, and he got through, like I said, about six of them. And then you were out in the other room, and he was like, "Hell with this," and came with you. <laughs> uh, okay, um, this is a little nerve-wracking, but um, uh, do, do I hear anything upstairs? Um, oh, well, so Fitz is like, we're going upstairs. Fitz gets about halfway up the step, oh, and no. there is a, like, a snapping noise, <gasps> and a, um, crossbow bolt like comes like something has happened actually Theraval uh you know you're like how the hell does an ice method trip a trip wire but he's done it and a crossbow bolt has come out and your buddy fits Ooh, that is a zero which means that is a 10. Fitz has taken a crossbow bolt in the shoulder Oh no. Yeah, so 10 points of damage. How much health does Fitz have total? Uh, oh, he had 21, so now he's down to 11. Oh. Yeah, 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 you, you haven't lost Fitz yet. He's like, oh, he's like, damn, that's not treasure. <laughs> <laughs> Did, what, well, wait, was it a trap? <laughs> a lot has happened here. <laughs> I've only used my movement, but what? Uh, yeah, so Theraval, I, I'd give you this without a perception check. There was a, yeah, tripwire or something on the step, but you heard uh, there was a trigger that went off. So Fitz had like, he was eager. You were like, there's more treasure. He's like, I'm going up the steps. He got about halfway up the spiral steps and he either stepped on something or hit a tripwire it released and a crossbow bolt hit him in the shoulder and he's fallen down on like the bottom of the steps. And he's like, hey, damn, there's a belt. And he's flat, you know, dramatically flapping around as Fitz is like to do with a crossbow bolt in his shoulder. I, I, I'm gonna ignore it for the moment. <laughs> I'm gonna... I'm gonna set up a, I'm just gonna shake my head and set up a hunting trap at the base of the stairs. And I'm gonna use some of the papers and books to cover the said trap at the base of the stairs. Oh, you have a, you have like a, you, one of those, the, the bear claw traps? Yes, because I wanted to trap some animals for this. Oh, sure, in your, in your, your um, zookeeper collection mode, makes sense. Yeah, and, and then I'm, I, I'd like to like, I don't know, um, can I hide underneath the stairs? Oh yeah, there there's spiral stairs, um, and but not see you know not like the 
cast iron ones where you can see through there, you know, yes. So yes, you can hide under that. I, I'm gonna hide. Do we up. know that there's another sentient being in the house other than Theraval and Fitz? Like, have we heard weird voices or footsteps or anything upstairs? You did not. Oh, oh, oh okay. I yeah. thought we did last time. I, thought, I, I think you just it. triggered a trap, that pre-existing trap. I, I, but I, I would tell Fitz where your bear trap is, just so you know. <laughs> no, no, I'm going to tell Fitz to keep playing it up and so, to say, like, whisper louder. <laughs> okay, so let's continue in the, the initiative order. Like, For legitimately really hurt. I don't think he has to play up anything. We'll, we'll figure it out. Sort <laughs> <laughs> it out after. My God. Um, Fitz, you are, you are face to face with thug number, I can't remember, thug number one, thug number four at this point in time. But his billy club is at his feet and his hands are up in the air. And it is your turn. Great. Um, can I, uh, with my 19 dexterity, uh, reach over, uh, remove his belt and uh, wrap his wrists uh, with his arms behind his back? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, this is, uh, uh, usually they, usually uh, they, after like a bar fight, they just let us go. Like I'm bruised, I, my, my, damn, I think you broke my, my collarbone and my buddy's laying down. Why are you tying me up? It seems to me, um, I forget if I still have uh, a telepathic connection with Crenshaw Jones from this ring that I was wearing earlier. But it seems to me that we want to keep these toughs from alerting Ged and additional um, henchmen of, uh, of what's happened here. Uh, and so I uh, wrap up his wrist behind his back and start walking him back towards um, uh, the other toughs, both uh, standing and dropped. And I said, and I say, I've got this one. And uh, and then I also, like, the one who was carrying his buddy, I think someone has, like, uh, captured him. Claren, is that you? We haven't captured him yet. He was sort of running away, trembling in fear after Crenshaw's intimidation tactic. Toward um, the temple. I think. That, was, that was Crenshaw's goal, was to send him to the temple. Was was he still carrying his friend? Yeah. So if you're looking okay. on twenty, these two are heading up this direction. This one is still laying on the ground, unconscious or dead, and you've captured this one, and you're free to move him back into the the center. Wait, should okay. we interrogate the captured one to see if we can learn anything? Might be useful because I think the other one's kind of on his way to the temple anyway, and it seems legitimately scared enough not to go to Ged at this point. Yeah. So, friends, if wherever you want to move yourself, I'll just move um, the token of Ged's henchman in front of you. Okay. I'd like to. Um, I'm going to come back here where I can uh, easily confer with uh, my. Uh, druid and bard 
And um, I had to leave for a moment, but uh, where did Crenshaw Jones take Umber? I'm taking him to Bondi. I, and uh, Crenshaw's okay. been very, uh, not very quiet about the fact that he's taking Umber to Bondi. Okay, great. Right, Andy, I don't know if you were here when Crenshaw did the lighting and the, the loud voice, but people are probably going to be starting to open windows at this point in time and look, you know, well, you, uh, you probably see a few blinds like crack open a little bit and then close immediately or a few of them actually seem to be staying open a little bit. I think we should, um, uh, well, I mean, I'd be curious to know what other members of the party who are in earshot think we should do. But I wonder if we should walk uh, the remaining tufts uh, uh, back to um, Umber's house uh, and decide on a plan. I also yeah. don't know if we want to um, kill these tufts. And I think uh, uh, one of the incapacitated ones was brought to the temple. Is that right? Um, not yet. So there's, I mean, you guys are still in in action so that you haven't even seen what they, I mean, we're sort of sliding out of combat here potentially, but I still would like to go through this initiative round okay. and it's, um, it's, it would be Claren's turn right now because you've just, okay. moved, you and tough number one have just moved. And so we can Great. go to Claren and then see what happens next. Excellent, thank you. Yeah, I, I'm not going to uh, do a combat action because I think the the danger is past at this point. Um, and I don't want to kill them. I don't think that's necessarily the right thing to do in this situation. Um, but I do think we should get some information on what's really up with Ged. Why did he hire these, um, these bro hands? And uh, what does this mean for us and the information that we're trying to gather on our journey? So um, I do not have super high charisma, <laughs> but I turn to Fence and say, I agree, let's take, let's take this guy over to Umber's house and see what we can learn. Okay. So I and think if you wanna, to... if you, yeah, if you want to move your token on the, the sheet at all, that would be perfectly fine. Like you're, you're saying those things, moving around. Um, after, like, as you're saying that, or after you move, you see up at the temple, um, like coming outside the, um, and Fence, you see this too, the um, brother Helmus, who you had talked to previously, he's uh -huh. like coming out and he's like, what's going on? Um, and he's, he like surveys the scene of the two toughs like sort of heading up and Crenshaw, you may have wanted them to go to the temple. He had it sort of up that way, but you're not sure if he was heading towards Ged's guest, which is more up that direction to the Northeast, or if he was heading towards the temple. Um, so we're perhaps out of combat. Actually, Crenshaw, you would probably go next. Um, right. 
Um, where does it look like he's going? Um, like, has he? Because if he's going toward the temple, he'll be headed kind of this way, right over here. Yeah, I'm. I'm not seeing exactly where you're. Yeah, I'm not. I'm point. trying to make it do the circle thing, and it's not uh, working. Yeah, here. If I do, so you know, you can do a perception check if you want to find Let's do that a perception check. Because he was, I mean, whether he was going like that direction or that direction, it's a little bit ambiguous. Twelve. Yeah, it's a little bit ambiguous. Okay. Um, then what I'm going to do is keep moving this way. And gesture for Umber to follow me. And I'm going to keep an eye on this guy. And if he doesn't turn towards the temple, I'm going to Eldritch Blast him. Okay, so you're readying an Eldritch Blast mm -hmm. if he doesn't go towards the temple. Yep. Excellent. Um, and I'll go ahead and Umber is going to follow you, Crenshaw. He's like staying right next to you. You got to keep me safe. You said Bondi could do it. I think I think he could do it. Brother, brother Helmus um, uh, might might help too. Um, and then Mick, it's your turn. Uh, okay. Well, Mick, in his last turn, said something to the effect of, "We need to get to Bondi and and uh, Geds." I think Mick is going to again let the group know we'll lose the element of surprise if we don't get to Geds soon. Let's uh, interrogate the last dwarf on the way there. We need to hurry. Um, so you say that this dwarf, the one who's fireman carrying his friend, like he, Crenshaw, you were just about to like let your Eldritch Blast go because it looked like he was heading to the Northeast. And then he's like, Helmus came out there and said, what's going on? And this guy turns and is like, they attacked us. They just, these strangers, they just jumped us out of nowhere. Oh God, they're vicious, sir. Um. Helmus looks a little bit skeptical and he's like, Fence, were these guys doing their typical greeting strangers at night routine? Yes, we were greeted quite forcefully by these uh, five uh, ruffians with their billy clubs. We had to uh, defend ourselves. Helmet. And uh, yes. Yeah, Helmus puts his hands on his hips and he goes, Larry, it looks like Curly got his ass kicked the way he deserved. <laughs> Bring him over to the temple and put him in line, idiot. And he sort of like smacks them along. So these two dwarfs here have now moved into the into the temple. Helmus is on his way down. 
this direction. And let's go ahead and go to um, Theraval. Oh, and um, can, can I hear anything upstairs? Is, is Fitz yelling? What's going on? Oh, Fitz is downstairs. I mean, when he got hit with the bolt, he came, he fell down on the bottom of the steps. So he's down by where your bear trap is. He's on the ground going, ah, ah, ah. Damn, it hurts. Do I hear anything upstairs? Give like... me a perception check, but at disadvantage because Fitz has been none too quiet here. <laughs> oh, we lost Andy. But hopefully he'll come back. Yeah. That's a 10. Yeah, and that did you did you roll well roll twice, remember disadvantage? Oh disadvantage, right. So it may be even lower than that's I a 10. Yeah. Okay. Um yeah. Yeah, you hear damn it hurts. And it's a little too noisy to hear whether there's anything upstairs or not. Okay. I'm gonna telepathically just like tell Fitz to be quiet and next time fly up the stairs. Can he? <laughs> yeah. You want me to fly up? So he telepathically back. Yeah. You want me to fly up now? Yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like slink up the stairs and try and do it quietly to like, or slowly to check for traps. What, but what if there's another bolt? I, I would fly with tapping over the steps. You really want me to go? Risk it for the biscuit. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so Fitz is going to start heading up. Are you trying to look for traps? Yes. So I'm All looking right, for give, more trip wires and press. Yeah, give me your investigation. Yeah. So I have two of them. Can I help No. You Where's can go the get bag? the bag. Go get the bag. You got to tell me where the, the bag it's is. It's on the peninsula. It is not on the peninsula. You are lying. Oh, my me. God. I'm going to. What about you rolling a perception check to find dessert? <laughs> you guys have to check out these dice. Hannah, I got the twelve. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. I got a whole new set of dice. Hannah had to buy them for me because what dice company? They had a set that they had that accidentally got named Carl, and so now I've got this brand new set of beautiful green dice. Cool. That wonderful. All right. Well, you may have a little time to plan. We have an emergency. I've somehow hidden the dessert. I found them, oh. and they were not on the peninsula. Where were they? right by the peninsula yeah that's the 12. all right go, go eat some of the delicious pretzels bye, bye. <laughs> um i rolled a 19 for investigation okay so what fitz did is there are actually three different trip wires um, there is one that's down low by the steps themselves. Fitz did not hit that one. There's another one that's about three feet up. Um, and all of these are roughly in the middle of the step, uh, from the middle to the top of the steps. There's a wire that's about three foot off the ground. And then there's a wire that's about six foot off the ground. He hit the one that was three foot, which released the bolt here. There's still the lower one and the upper one that are in place. Okay, we'll uh, use the dagger to slash through the trip wires. Um, and I, 
where, how are you standing when you're slashing through the trip wires? <laughs> a little bit of ways. <laughs> so reaching over. <laughs> okay, so not, okay. Yeah. Trying not to be just the mean DM and, oh, you slashed the tripwire. Bink, thunk. Um, okay, two more crossbow bolts go flying out. These both embed themselves in the wall behind you. Okay, and then we'll make our way up the stairs. Okay, you get upstairs and you are in a hallway that sort of runs to... Well, it actually, there's a hallway that runs to the Northwest and one that runs to more, more due east, maybe a little, you know, along the back wall of the building. Uh, tell me which direction you want to go, but then we're going to go back to Theraval and the rest of the group just to keep the timelines even. So, so, so wait, am I in the hallways now or am I uh, like in a room? The hallways come together at, from the stairs. So the landing where the stairs comes up, one runs to the Northwest, the other runs slightly to the Northeast. Okay, we're gonna go Northwest. Okay, perfect. Right, and if it's possible, just to like try and like do it quietly <laughs> or hiddenly. <laughs> yeah, it's a fairly narrow, you know, like three foot hallway. Okay. Um, and you're heading up actually in front of you as you move to the Northwest. There's a doorway, but it's more of like a curtain doorway. And to your right, there's like a closed door, um, you know, like a regular open door, not, not a curtain. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I mean, we're going to go to the curtain door net for next. Okay, um, and you, as you as you part that curtain door, you're yeah. now looking into a bedroom, and we are shifting to Theravaldo. I mean, to to fence. Great. So, um, uh, last I remember, I was uh, interfacing with the pastor uh, regarding uh, our being attacked by uh, Ged's ruffians. Yeah, right. absolutely. And so sort of where everybody is located on the map is where you are now. And Brother Halmus is heading down towards you, having sent Thug 1 and Thug 4 into the temple to, you know, wait in line for healing. The one He's looking a little bit concerned at the one thug who's laying motionless on the ground. And then he's also looking at you and the other thug that who you've, you know, tied up his hands. Right. All right. Um, I'm going to uh, step over to the thug who's lying motionless on the ground and uh, use um, the third of my four key points and uh, heal that guy. So I don't want to leave a, um, a trail of bodies, especially when uh, we've got a, a man of the cloth here. And uh, so the way that my healing works is as an action, I spend one key point, touch a creature and restore 1d4 plus four uh, hit points. And I rolled a three. So that's uh, seven hit points 
uh, returned to uh, the incapacitated thug. Okay, he um, is like, oh, um, does not look so good, but it's like, he's like, oh, like beginning to slide back into consciousness um, from where he was before. And I'm really comfortable now with this group, um, just sort of role playing without going in initiative order. We've really ended right. that. And I'll swing back um, Theravall to get you, you know, in a little bit, but we should. That sounds good. Um, is, is Crenshaw among us? Yeah, Crenshaw and Umber are just down to the South. So he, yeah, is definitely here for this. Yeah, it seems to, it seems oh. to me, like, I don't know how I can communicate this to anyone but Crenshaw, but I think that now that uh, the pastor from the temple has spotted us with these ruffians, we can't really take them hostage. And we're kind of, kind of them over to the, the temple uh, and, and basically say, um, we don't, as guests, we don't appreciate being attacked by uh, these four uh, ruffians. And uh, we'd like to uh, remand them to your custody, good sir. Um, yeah, well, I, 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 I do apologize for that. You gave such um, a generous offerings before and we're clearly thinking about the the refugees from from Lakeport. I can't believe Larry, Curly, Moe, and Schmoey here decided to, to do this. Schmoey, you should be ashamed of yourself. Get up, he just healed you. Get into the temple. I'm gonna talk to them. Um, I don't know what to do. I, um, but you know what I have to say is as, as guests to the town, um, you certainly knew how to handle yourself. These four have caused trouble to a couple of our guests from Lakeport, and then I've had to heal them up. But you gotta be tough in this world. That's what our, what our gods demand. Get moving, Schmoey. And he sort of like kicks the one that you just cured to um, get him up and have him moving towards the temple. So, That's good evening, happening, but yeah. Uh, good. I um. Uh, I make another uh, ten gold piece donation and say, uh, you know, as superheroes do. Sorry about the mess. And uh, and then let's walk back down towards uh, Umber's house. Yeah, uh, with the rest of the party. Both the um, Crenshaw and Umber are still moving towards. Um, why am I blanking the name here? Uh, Bondi. Bondi, thank you. Yeah, me, okay. while this is all happening, I am putting my sort of cloak around Umber and moving him into the tents gotcha. where I've moved myself. So I'm moving him into the tents and around the water. Um, <clears throat> And if I see anybody moving towards us, we are gonna pitch back into the water away ah. from them. 
because I can't take any damage. Because if I do, I will lose concentration and then he won't confess. So I'm very, very carefully avoiding taking damage. So is, he and I will pitch into the water. Isn't it we, that if you take damage, you have to do a constitution saving throw to maintain yeah. concentration? Yeah, I'd like okay. to avoid rolling that die. Right. Didn't go well last time. I miss um, yeah, so Crenshaw, what, as you've been like sneaking and moving this way, um, in my, the, you know, the blinds of houses like cracking up, some of the tents, like there were flaps of them, like, pe like people were clearly woken up at 1 a.m., 1.30 by this noise. Um, no one has sort of come out, but interestingly, like a lot of the blinds and like people are still watching. They didn't like peek out and like they peeked out and then they saw the goons getting their butts kicked and they kept looking. Um, in fact, Crenshaw, as you go around the corner of the one tent, uh, a little halfling like sticks his, uh, you can't see, does a thumbs up sign to you um, as you go past. Um, Excellent. I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna wink at him. And flash a smile. We are folk heroes of the people. There you go. All right, Mick, Claren, anything you want to do in terms of movement? Um, you all saw Crenshaw go sort of behind the tents. Um, Brother Halmus move these ruffians up towards the temple. Um, Fence becoming a, a folk hero. Um, I don't know, Claren and Mick, if you want to do anything. Mick, you're actually still invisible, so. Mick, Mick is still invisible. Um, Mick is still invisible, and Mick wants to know why we're not heading to Gens to confront him and get our stuff back because we're losing the element of surprise. And it sounds like we might even have some comrades in the town who would support us bringing the facts of this to life. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I would like us to go as a unified party Right now we are in three different places and um, that has not worked out well for us in the past. Uh, uh, well, yeah. Some spiders could attest. Um, I've also taken 10 points of damage and I, I'll need to address that at some point. I can't, um, I can't use all of my healing ability on uh, dwarves that are attacking us on the, um, the streets of Woodwall. <laughs> So, um, you know, we, I think we should, we should make a plan. Like I agree about the element of surprise, but I'd rather for us uh, to be all together. Fence, I'd like to use um, a cure wound spell on you to help you get um, some of those hit points back. Okay, uh, cool, thanks. You're welcome. So I will, I'll come over to you here and uh, cast cure wounds, um, which I can never remember how much which one to roll for humor and Janae I have Claren having used two first level spell slots oh in this day All right. right so you have three and I assume that the two you know I I don't remember when those were when those were used in terms of rest or not, or if you use them. Yeah, I 
honestly can't remember. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, that's okay. So let's let's go ahead and count this as the you I use the spell, but then that's your last first level spell slot until first you guys level. take a long rest. Okay. I, I think it also got a little confusing because we leveled up too, and then I don't know. Oh uh, yeah, and I and I don't know that we actually did a long rest. And you guys, yeah, this night would have been the night that you rested, but you wanted to keep going. So, okay, yeah. So use use the spell. I, I think that's perfectly fine, but then that's your last, last okay. spell slot. Okay, that's fine. I think it's worth it. Um, so let's see, let's hope for a good roll here. It is a good roll. All right, um, you got a seven. Plus. Oh, plus spellcasting. Plus your, plus your wisdom, I think. Yeah. Yes, that is wisdom. So it's 10. Excellent. Thank you so much. I'm going to add, oh, that's everything. Perfect. That's what I was down. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, I mean, I am concerned about Crenshaw being on his own um, in this interrogation. I'm wondering, Mick, since you're invisible, yeah. if you repel them as an invisible human. Crenshaw, come come out and join the party. Well, I think Mick needs to catch up with Crenshaw, right? Yeah, I think See, that's right. He will, okay, so so Mick will move then back here and... <laughs> Not to put you in the line of danger, I just think you're going to be the sneakiest. No, that's okay. No, I just, yeah. 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 Okay, so, so I'm going to move all five of you sort of in mass to the next place you're going. But before you do that, let's finish. Let's do a little more with Theraval and the upstairs of Umber's house. Wait, were, were, were people going to come back to Umber's house after? No, that they, they seem to be heading either towards Bondi at the gate or towards Ged's goods. Um, I, so, and remember, there's not, there's also, there's no Theraval. You don't know. It, I mean, you heard the disturbances outside, but you don't know what's going on. So yeah. So point of information, um, isn't isn't Mick following Crenshaw, and isn't Claren returning to Umber's house with Fence? That's uh, what. I, yeah, okay. I I yeah. think we need to reunite, but we also can't leave Crenshaw entirely by himself. But we all know where Crenshaw's going, so. I think the strategy here is mix invisible and can follow. Yeah, slowly. I think and we want to move from a group of three at least to a group of two. Okay. Uh, which means that we should try to find Theraval and uh, see what we have, see what we're missing, and then plan to reconnoiter uh, with our uh, invisible friend and our uh, hypnotist. Okay. So let me do let me do two or three rounds here with Thurval in the house, and in two or three rounds, Fence and Claren will arrive at the front door. So Thurval, you part the bedroom curtains, and you are looking at a. Um, it's actually a fairly stately um, bedroom. It's got a big king size bed with like a canopy. Um, there is a set of bookshelves over to the left that are filled with leather-bound books. And on the right-hand side, there is a, um, an armoire that um, has, like a, has a lock and a key in the lock. Uh, is there a desk? 
Um, there is a small desk, um, actually like a surveyor's um, type of, you know, or a general's battle desk pushed up against the wall, like right off on the right-hand side where you've just come in. Okay. Um, can we, uh, that, so there's like three, three places I want to kind of look, um, but uh, first is kind of like quickly under the bed to like see if there's anything there. Um, yeah, and, or, and like I secondly, I do want to check out the armoire um, and last then the, uh, the surveyor's desk. Okay, so yeah, let's, um, let's go ahead and get started. So looking under the bed, um, there is, it looks like there's a roll of something like a cloth and there are three pairs of boots and a pair of fancy dress shoes and a pair of slippers. We're, we're gonna use mage, it, it's hard to look under the bed at night. So I'm just gonna use my mage hand to like pull it all out um, okay. under the bed. And we'll look at the, the nice shoes and the, the, the scroll. Um, oh, it's actually not a scroll. You've pulled it out and it is a sleeping bag. Oh, screw it. All right. <laughs> and the nice shoes. Uh, oh, the, oh, the nice shoes are nice. You know, they would probably go with uh, the robes that um, you got from Sabin's and look really classy. You, you know, I, I'm sure they would, but uh, and um, we're just going to put them on. Um, I, I'm not wearing those robes, but you know, we're just going to go for the, for the, uh, fashion, I guess. Okay. Yeah. These um, are, you're sort of wondering like how these nice shoes, um, and Theraval is a, an elf, an, an avian. So you're much like thinner, you know, and what's weird is you put these shoes on and like dwarfs usually have like big stocky feet. You're like, Ooh these shoes fit really nicely. Like, did he get them from an elf or did they just adjust to my feet? That, these are nice shoes. Yeah, mm, feeling pretty yeah. stuck about this. So um, <laughs> I'm wondering if they're magical. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I can't tell. <laughs> they're, they're, they're nice. At, at this point you're like, ooh, these are nice shoes. Yeah, and like I said, did he steal them from an elf? Are they magic? Yeah, you know, it's the middle of the night. You just put on a pair of nice dress shoes and these are not the uncomfy type of dress shoes. These like fit beautifully. Okay, All right. let's check out the armoire to see if there's a pair of matching clothes to go with it. <laughs> um, I like you're just playing dress up at this yeah. point. <laughs> <laughs> Would you... Um, would you roll a dexterity saving throw for when you open the armoire? That's a 17. Um, yeah, you turn the key and start pulling the armoire open and you hear like a clicking noise. What do you do? Um, we're gonna uh, duck to the ground. Um, The door is actually spring forward. So ducking doesn't do you any good. And you are hit for five points of damage. 
Um, the <laughs> doors, like the edge of the doors are like razor sharp. So they have sprung open towards you um, and hit you for five points of damage. Yeah, okay, I'll take it. And, but what's inside? Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so inside is a variety of Umber's clothes. Um, what catches your eye most is there is a set of traveling clothes and a backpack. And the traveling clothes, like the pockets are all full, like bulging. And the backpack that's like hung up on the inside wall of the armoire um, is certainly full of stuff as well. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like telepathically tell Fitz, get this stuff. <laughs> and He's like- injured. Okay, sorry, I shouldn't editorialize on your own character. I, you, Fitz, Fitz has the exact same response. <laughs> I'm injured. And he's coming after you and he's like still holding the bolt that hit him. And he's like, and you're injured. We're both injured. What stuff do you want me to get? You want me to get that big backpack that's up there? It's as big as I am. Yeah, <laughs> it'll, it'll look good on you. <sighs> he flies up, he takes the backpack off and puts it on. He like <clears throat> drops about two feet. He's like, damn, it's heavy. What's this guy carrying? We'll, 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 we'll find that out later. Um, so let's, let's um, mage hand, I, I learned my lesson. Let's mage hand the, uh, open the, the vanity desk. Um, okay, yeah, and it's, it's actually not a vanity desk. It's like a military commander's desk. And there's like one small um, box that's on top of it and a couple of sheets of paper and then like a diary book. Yeah, let's take that diary book and um, okay. let's kind of like mage hand open the little box. Um, yeah, so the little box is locked. No, it's not. Let's let's thieves tools that open. <laughs> okay. <laughs> give me give me a roll. Oh my god. <laughs> and, and I will tell you though, even as you start, it is actually a very intricate lock if you're working on it. That's a twenty three. Yeah, it's an intricate wow. lock, but. Um, Theraval knows his stuff, um, like bobby pins in there, a special pick, and it it pops open. Um, there is a big old gem that's probably worth something like 500 gold pieces. Uh, I mean, we're, we're taking it. Okay. <laughs> and then, yeah, let's go down the other hallway. Okay. Um, yeah, so you head out and um, there is a, you go back down past the closed door down the, and then turn down the other hallway that sort of headed to the northeast. And it opens to another two, um, another two bedrooms. They look like guest bedrooms. They're perfectly made up. Um, it doesn't appear that there's anything particularly interesting about that. Can, 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 all right, I, I, we, we, maybe we'll come back, but can we go to the other room with the closed door? Um, oh, it's a bathroom. It's a bathroom? It's a bathroom. 
what like what is it just like a little chamber pot like... um no it's a it's like uh not a flush toilet but there's a water tank well yeah flush toilet but there's a water tank above it and like a chain that you would pull down and then there's a pot of water and you're sort of like oh it's not a chamber pot indoor plumbing that's unusual where does it keep these poisons i'm so frustrated and baffled um yeah okay uh let's go back down to the kitchen and search that Please. Okay, and at this point in time, I'm going to go ahead and move um, Fence and Claren on down to the front of the building. And I don't know if you guys want to go in, but you, you now arrive at the front door of Umber's office area. Oh, Andy, you're muted. Sorry. I think that we should uh, walk right in the front door. Um, Sounds and like James let Theraval know that we're uh, that we're safe and uh, see how he's doing. Theraval, you hear the front door open as you're in the kitchen. Um, and I I say Theraval, it's me, Fence. Uh, and Claren, <laughs> team together. <laughs> All right, I, I, I'll believe you for now, this time. Okay. <laughs> Do you need to give me the secret code that it's actually us and not imposters? Maybe next time. All right. Yeah, um, and... Oh, I, I'm just going to say, watch out at the bottom of the stairs. And I'm, I'm, there's a guy. Maybe I'll collect my hunting trap while down there. All right. Oh no. Yeah. Uh, and we are almost out of uh, healing. I have one key point left. And I'm uh, thinking about uh, both Fitz and Theraval, who have had mishaps since we saw them last. Uh, but I also want to make sure that Crenshaw Jones uh, and like the Bard uh, return safely from their mini adventure. Yeah, I think we propose um, the three of us kind of try to catch up and follow from a distance. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say the stuff's not here. Like mix loot. There, there's no poisons. And the plus one sword. No, no sword. But there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff in my in in this backpack that's like full of cans and shit. All right. It's really heavy. All right. Let, let let's let's have a look at that in the diary. Should, should we have the mage hand open up the backpack? Okay, yeah, we'll have the mage hand open up the backpack. I'm a, <laughs> I need to name the mage hand at this point. <laughs> lefty? Yeah, so left, Lefty opens the backpack. Um, there, there actually does seem to be a number of can, canned food items. There's also a number of like tightly rolled up um, clothes, like socks in bags and stuff. Um, there is a sack of gold, probably 50 gold pieces as you like shake it. Um, and 
quickly looking over the diary. Um, was that Theraval or Fence or Claren? Who's looking over that? The diary, you mean? Yeah. I'll, I'll look it over. Okay, will you give me a, a an investigation check? 13, or is it possible to take 20, so to speak? Like, do we do that? Where you just take as much time as needed to... Oh, so you wanna take more time to like, thoroughly go over the diary. Uh, talk Could I do a help action? Um, yeah. I don't think really. Say, oh, look what you see there. Look at that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think so with, re I mean, it's a diary, like it, it's a small okay. little book, not like one of these, you know, Shakespearean folios or something. Uh, okay. Yeah, probably That's one fair. individual reading it is it. Um, yeah, All so right. my question, um, Kevin, would be whether Claren and um, Pence are willing to let you have the time to read it. Your quick perusal is a 13. I mean, if we're trying to unite the party and get all of us together again, I don't think we have a lot of time to lose. Yeah. I'm let me, so let me give you a little bit of info from the 13, and then you can decide if you want more time or not. Um, it is Umber's diary. Um, there are parts of it where he's talking about um, his love who is up in, um, not the mayor, the city that you all just came from. Not Lakeport, Port. oh my God. Mirport. Mirport, there you go. Um, yeah, in, in Mirport. Um, there are pieces of it where he's talking about that he would do anything for her, but that Ged has promised him a way where he can actually have enough to, to woo her rather than being only this poor country surveyor. Um, What's the last entry say about anything about loot and a sword? The last entry is nothing about a loot and a sword, but the last entry is I don't like doing, I don't like doing this, but we're almost there hmm. um yeah I, I, i'm just gonna toss it over to uh the book over to fence and say here you can read it excellent <laughs> nothing useful in this have we searched the whole backpack has it all been emptied out of anything else yeah that's there certainly is no loot r plus one sword in the in the backpack all right all right and uh, I, I, i'll mention that to claren and fence and say and ask like, where do you think it could be? <laughs> all right, so you all are heading, where are you heading as you, because you're coming out of here to go where Crenshaw was going, but I want to hear where you're going, and then I'm going to talk to Crenshaw and Mick about where they actually go. Yeah, um, I mean, the last we saw them was we saw them kind of skirting around the tents in the lake. So I think, you know, I noticed where they were going. I suggest to fence Theraval and um, Fitz that we walk towards the tents okay try, try to like kind of follow them behind that, the tents. That, that's fine but he took my ram too i'm just gonna bring up all the things that ram, ram. he told he stole my prize goat fighting ram ram, 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 God. ram um yeah and janae i'm actually asking as to whether you're going towards bondi at the gate or oh. towards gets good and i appreciate to know knowing that you're going sort of through the tents but 
the one of those two was Crenshaw's destination. And I need to know which one of those two you're going towards. Got it. I mean, I think we mostly just want to get the party back together. So because I think Crenshaw is going towards Bondi, I think we want to follow. Okay. So you're heading towards Bondi by way of the tents and the lake. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, We're trying to stay hidden, you know, be sneaky. Crenshaw and Mick, where are you going? And you obviously not only are further distance wise, but you've also had these, you know, five, 10 minutes where the party has been searching around and reunifying to make your way forward. And that the Crenshaw and Mick, where, where are you guys going? Well, I, I, I am following Crenshaw and I have whispered to him, uh, I, I'm going with you as backup, but we need to get to Gens. I have the diary, or I, I have the uh, information that shows they've been stealing from these people. And if, uh, just as an aside, if Fence knows something, he can communicate it to me. And I would just remind him of that. And I'll, I'll be asking him. What's yeah, and, oh, and then the one thing I wanted with the, with the rings, mm-hmm. it's not pure mental. It, it does require you to, to whisper or talk. Okay, so. so yeah. Uh, so I would just say to say, like, hold the ring up and say, let me know how things are going, Fence. And then I assume that Fence will let me know how things are going when he returns. Yeah. Um, and so while that's happening, we are going to head to Bondi. Excellent. So we're going to make all speed to where I last saw Bondi. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. I was, yeah, I was moving everybody together. I will move all of move them as well as you. Yeah. And then the reason I specify about the, about the rings is when you're using them as a walkie talkie and there are, you know, no enemies around, that's fine. You can certainly use them in front of others, but then obviously whatever you're saying is heard or you're like trying to mumble under your breath. So I don't think it matters a lot now, but I can see in future instances of the game, the the difference between being able to talk telepathically without having to speak out loud is one level of power, which these rings don't hit. Right. I will get that in two levels, but we need to, we need to get me there in one piece. There, there you go. Okay, so yeah, you're heading back towards the gate, and the only difference with Bondi and his friend is they are actually now inside, and the uh, gates are closed, um, and they're not here. I should actually move them up. They're both up on the magical growing together wall of, of Woodwall, um, looking out. As you come forward though, Bondi turns, you notice he doesn't have any ravens with him now. And he's like, how goes it? Umber and Crenshaw. Bondi, may we speak with you? Um, sure. Um, Fred, keep a watch. And Bondi clamors down. He's like, my ravens watch better well my ravens watch better than any of us but fred fred's you know so so on the actual keeping watch uh yeah 
Um, and then when Bondi gets down there, Crenshaw will shift from scary Lamont Cranston affect to just the much more umber. I want you to tell Bondi what you told me. And Umber is compelled at this point because I've managed to hold that spell. He has to confess. Um, okay, yeah. So Umber is like... I, we... Bondi, I think we... We've been doing a thing that's not so good. You really want me to tell him? That, that's Crenshaw that's just she, she, Crenshaw she looks Crenshaw. at him. Bondi's like, yeah, a thing that's not so good. Umber's like, you're gonna you really want me to tell. So Ged and I have this this deal that I mean, the cave beast was out there doing it anyways, and there are the there's all these people that are like horning in on Ged's claims. And he said, if I helped him with the land claims around here and the surveying that I could get some gold. And you know how, you know, how Fiona, like I'm trying and Bondi's like, what's, what's he, Blabber, what are you blabbering on about? Umber, tell him about the gnome. She was a gnome, right? Uh, she was a gnome, yeah. Tell him about the gnome. About, about Timberlane and her setup? She... Tell him what you did and who told you to do it. Well, Ged said it wasn't just her. She was the third one, actually. But if we set her up and the I think Ged has a way of talking to the to the um, the cave beast because you leave them out there and they take them and he the cave beast takes them there's no sign of them what do you bondi, do to them bondi, yeah bondi is leave them like, out there a little confused and he like is turning to Crenshaw. He's like, um, wh what are you, what's he talking about? This is a Bondi, Umber and Ged have been poisoning people, including the gnome, including the people that went out there with us this morning and leaving them for the cave beast. Oh. Campani. And Umber tells me that Ged has been paying him to do this. And Umber, you think Ged is controlling the cave beast? Otherwise, otherwise, how how is it the cave beast always knows there's there's a lot of land out there and the cave beast goes wherever i've left these people it just it happens bondi's like i think we need to take this to 
Captain Thune because this actually, hey, and and I'm Bondi gonna, like motions. He's like, you know, walk with me. I'm gonna do an insight check on Bondi. Okay. Whatever he says next, I'm not just gonna let him, you know, say it. So let me okay. yeah. see what's going yeah. on with him. Sure. And I, I'm moving him the direction that he's indicating. He's like, walk with me. 18. Um, yeah, and tell me what, what you're trying to I, achieve. I mean... My, uh, what I'm trying to figure out from Bondi is, as he's talking, um, is he, whatever he's saying, is he telling the truth? And is he in some way in on this? Okay. Yeah. And he, okay. So he's like, walk with me. And he's like, you too, Umber. And he like forcefully is dragging Umber. And you see him glancing up at Fred on the wall. Like in part, your sense of the moment is he's getting out of Fred's earshot. And I don't know if that's, come on. I don't know if that's, I, I mean, I think for your role, that's pretty useful information, but he's like, come, keep talking. I think we need to go talk to, to Thune or maybe Halmas because this seems big, but I, I want, and he actually comes over towards you, Crenshaw, and he's like, I, I want to talk to you a little bit away from Fred. Fred's one of Ged's men. And he glares at um, Umber when he says that. Okay. And so Bondi keeps like heading over this direction as you all are talking. All right, and I assume the rest of us, I mean, I think we should just kind of keep tailing them. Yeah, Mick, um, Mick do you want to, Nate, do you want to move Mick? Is he staying close to them? He is, he's listening to this entire thing. And, and, okay. uh, yeah, so you could just move uh, okay, we're, closer. We're and I don't think you guys have quite caught up yet. Um, but yeah, so DJ, what do you, what else do you want to do here? with Bondi, he's obviously heard what Umber has said, the confession, and Bondi's instinct is to go to Brother Halmas or Captain Tomb, and that's what he's suggesting at the moment. Well, I, I, this is probably where Craig is going, but Mick is actually a whisper to him, something along the lines of, what are the odds? What are we up against? How many of these guys are loyal to Ged. And so Crenshaw's going to look back over his shoulder and ask that question. How many are loyal to Ged? And I'm, as I'm listening to Bondi's answer, I really am trying to discern if when we say how many are loyal to Ged, is Bondi 
in that number. And so that's where that insight check comes in. Um, there's a good, there's a good number in these parts. I, Jed owns half the town. So more than you would, more than you would think. Um, but this is pretty bad. And the captain is honest and, and Halmus mean is and is not from around here. Those touched by Frey and Freya have their own, own sense of, of the woods and the powers that come from, from the springs. They don't necessarily broken only in only gold and gems. So I think, I think Halmus is with you and Captain Torin Thun is, is the law. It's a little different than, than what Ged is, but yeah, you're, you're right to be cautious. Look at Umber here. And Umber sort of shrinks down. He was a good best surveyor around. Look at this, he sucked in. How did you get sucked in? Umber's like, I told you, it was Fiona. For Fiona, get, get explained it so well. You know how he talks. He just does it and it makes so much sense and there's money. Um, so Crenshaw, your like sense of Bondi, he seems to be pretty much a straight shooter here. There's some weird things. I mean, like the Ravens and others. Bondi is a little bit weird, but your sense is not like he's fibby. Um, Umber, it still strikes you as slimy. Um, and it, yeah, and at this point, I think the, I don't know, I mean, you all might be more subtle than this, but I've sort of moved you around to the path in a, in a block of four, if you're looking on the map to where you could see the rest of the group, you might be closer to the tents or hiding somewhere, but you've managed to make it around at this point and can tail the party either subtly or could announce yourselves if you wanted to. I advocate for staying quiet for now with our party. I'm, yeah. From where I am, um, can I uh, whisper saying, uh, we are not far behind you uh, without, you know, while alerting only Crenshaw to that effect? Yeah. Okay. Then that's what I do. Nice. All right. I'm just wondering where we're going to sleep for the night. If Gad owns the, the ho like the ho hotels and, or the hostels in the end. So. Might be time to go camping. Yeah, well, he owns Ged's guest. There's, there is a hostel. There, there are a few other places in town, but he definitely owns Ged's guest and Ged's goods, and a nice new loot. Man, sorry, are <laughs> plus one sword. <laughs> All right, so Bondi, I think we should take this to the captain, but Umber is. Umber is confessing and he is willing to help us 
get ged. Right, Umber? If you and Bondi um, can keep me safe, yeah. If we can protect him. I just want to make sure that your captain doesn't put his head on a pike before we have made Ged uh, pay for his crimes. And return our stuff. Oh. Bondi like rubs his beard. I, I see. You know, I think you have a choice here. You have Brother Halmus, who answers to Frey and Freya and the spirits of these woods. And you have Captain Torin Thun, who answers to the laws around here. And the choices is where do you take this schmuck umber to both keep him safe and also to make sure Ged comes to justice. And I don't know, he said, I, Brother Halmus is going to be interested in divine justice and in the magic of this place in the woods. I mean, we all want to stop the, the cave beast and whatever involvement Ged has with it. If I Ged know. is doing, if Ged is controlling the cave beast to do violence, that seems like perverting the spirit of these woods. I think brother, Brother Halmus would certainly agree with you. Let's go talk to Brother Halmus. Okay. All right, so I'm going to collect all eight tokens here. No, I can't do it quite that way. Let's try it this way. And we will move you all in mass over over towards the temple. So if you head on over west and we'll have Brother Holmes there and the, the peanut ga gallery of, of robes. And so... Do I still look like a halfling or do I look like Darabal? So like I'm wondering if Umber recognizes me yet. I forgot about your disguise. Yeah, I don't think you ever came out of your disguise. I, I think that's a question for you. My, my, I had never heard you come out of disguise. Nope. So, a halfling kid. Yeah, as, as you are all grouped up back, back in the uh, Aventire Temple to Frey and Freya, um, and you're in uh, Brother Halmus's sort of like. Um, office off the off the side of the sanctuary. You're appearing as a halfling child. And Crenshaw will say to Umber, Umber, 
Tell Brother Halmus what you told me and tell him simply. Okay, so Umber, Umber confesses that there have been three people, um, the, a, a, a dwarven traveler from, um, now I'm forgetting all my, all my town names, a dwarven camp tra traveler from, from Iskdan, um, the little gnomish merchant, and then the next set of people who he's taken out into the woods and um, put to sleep so that the cave beasts could come and make them disappear. And Umber says he was paid by Ged to do this and that Ged was both getting land as well as treasure and Umber shares his suspicion that Ged is controlling the cave beast. And then Crenshaw says, do we have any evidence for that besides Umber's word? And he looks at the halfling child. What do you, you want me to come out of the disguise? No, in that direction. Yes. <laughs> Is there any evidence for that besides Umber's word? I'm wondering if there was a... Because there was a, there were pages on the table. Yeah, the, the, the Mick has those. Mick has those. Okay. And, oh, uh, so Crenshaw will put his hand down. Yeah. These will help you. <laughs> That's them down. Yeah, so Hamas like looks over them and says, I, something is indeed rotten in Woodwall. No wonder the cave beast is, is coming out. It's the, the curse of that old magician away in his keep that, that brought this on us a generation ago. And now it seems like Ged's treachery has reawoken it. I concur. I think that that's exactly uh, what's happened. I think that there is deep-rooted, this is almost a, uh, a uh, there's like evil in the heart of uh, Ged's empire that needs to be uh, exposed and uh, rooted out. Wow. Uh, if only for the safety of uh, travelers who he and Umber have arranged to be poisoned and sacrificed to the cave beast or whatever it is that lives in the woods outside of Woodwall. It's the, the poison from, from Telenel um, and now from, and now Ged's crooked path has reawoken it. It's why the spring does not quite have the powers it did before. We should go and capture Ged immediately while he sleeps. You wait any longer, and there are too many people here who see not the woods, but the value of minerals that live underneath that drive, drive their desires. They'll be bent by gems and gold. 
we need to move quickly. I agree. I only have one key point left, but I'm uh, at full strength. I'm ready to go. How about the rest of you? Elves only sleep for four hours a night or not even sleep, but trance. So yeah, I'm good. It's, if it's okay. one o'clock in the morning, that's okay. I mean, I don't yeah, have it's probably, probably more like 3 a.m. at this point, but yeah. yeah. All the more likely that Ged and his Ged's goons will be asleep. Yeah, nighttime ambush seems wise. All right, I think I'll just use my athlete skills and brute strength here, even though I don't have any spells left. I have some cantrips. That sounds good. Do we have a sense of um, the strength and background of, uh, who's the head of the temple? What's his name again? Oh, Brother Halmus. Yeah. Uh, does Brother Halmus, like, is he good in a fight? Um, oh yeah. So, well, Freya and Freya, like he looks, um, he's stout like a dwarf, um, typically is maybe a little bit thinner, but he's got all the crazy like dreadlock beards. Um, a lot of dwarves in this world have like, um, clan bobble like not bobbles but stones woven into their beards he's got like all this like acorns and bushes and things into his beard so um he seems a little strange for a dwarf but that's what you get when you worship Frey and freya who are associated with with elves um but yeah he seems perhaps as competent or maybe slightly more competent than than you all are Excellent. And um, and from what you've said, uh, do we expect um, Helmus to be a, a, a druid, a cleric, a monk, or some combination of these? Um, cleric. Or don't we know? Cleric, yeah, okay. You, yeah, he, you would, he would be a cleric. And he's ready to lead you now. I'm going to sort of move us quickly here because I'm aware that it's it's 930 and we should be wrapping. Helmus actually leads you to Ged's house, which is behind Ged's goods. You all go in quickly, like through the door. He had he like pushes it open, leads you up. Ged has actually is gone, has fled. Um, Ged has fled. Ged has fled. His wife reports that it was probably if you all were here about 1.30, these things, there was the disturbance in the street, like in the last hour, hour and a half, Ged has gone and is out heading, out has headed out of town. And the- Where, what happened? Yeah, that was fast. 3 a.m., what? Maybe while we were um, why she didn't go. He's he's got a a, a friend, a contact at the front gate. Uh, named uh, Fred. Let him out. Named Fred. Fred let him out. Yeah, but and that's my guess. Helmus's sense is that he is fleeing towards Telenel's old keep. So Telenel is this this mage from a generation ago who disappeared with his three apprentices. Um, and his keep is rumored, I'm gonna switch maps here. Well, and I need to switch maps for you all as well as me. Um, his keep is rumored to be um, 
where all the, the watershed, all these rivers flow to the west from here. And Telenel's old ruined keep is ruined, is rumored to be there. And the sense that Helmus has is that Ged must be fleeing over in, in that direction. And that maybe Helmus actually, Helmus and Bondi um, get sort of excited about this. Maybe that's where the beast, cave beast layer is, they think. Maybe so. So just to be clear, we're talking about like this region here, or sorry, I wasn't quite following where, where we're sort of looking. Yeah, to the west. Yeah, to, to uh -huh. the west. So all of this is, all these rivers flow. I'm gonna go ahead and just do a, yeah, let me do polygon reveal for part of the map here. So you're not going in this area, but you're with, you're with Helmus and Bondi and their sense of things is that Ooh. right over in this direction is where the ruined keep is. Got it. Or, All right. So, like, yeah. I'm sure I will say we need to sleep. If he's already escaped, there's no good stumbling around the woods chasing him at this late hour or dawn yeah we also um we we still want to uncover the location of the loot but especially the plus one sword we've certainly gathered enough uh gems yeah. to replace the loot but uh, a plus one sword is um magic yeah don't forget uh, dignity <laughs> right <laughs> yeah I, I think when we when we group it together again, uh, Mick may come out of invisibility and really question our uh, our captive. So um, Crenshaw is actually going to turn to uh, Gad's wife. Okay. And say, you, accomplice to murder. If Ged came by something valuable, where would he stash it? And that's a 20 intimidate. Yeah. Even I was intimidated. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm liking the shadow thing. Yeah. So she's like, well, he, he took, um, He took that, the, um, and she looks at Umber, the sword that you gave him, he took that with him. It was under our bed, but he fled with it. The quest continues. All right, so Ooh. a long rest. Helmus is happy to have you all rest in the temple. It'll be a safe place. No one's gonna trouble you there. Um, he says in the morning, it may be that you all want to wake early and slip out of town. And he's wondering if he and Bondi should go with you or if you all should just go by yourselves. Um, Helmus is actually in favor of you all slipping out at about 6 a.m. and him and Bondi 
staying in town. He knows what you're doing. He knows that you're going after Ged and he wants to hear like what the rumors are in town. And he will, he shows you the map, like basically what I just showed you on um, roll 20 on how to get to Telenel's old keep. But he also wants to arrange a meeting with you all. Like if you don't come back in three days, he suggests that you all, if you're not able to get back into town, he'd like to meet you all like at the, the point right there on the river at dawn in three days um, in case something happens where, because you may not be able to easily get back into town. Is reasonable. That sounds good. Okay, so. Yeah. We might be needing a cleric around then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and we'll see. I And I'm not, we'll have to, I'm not sure that except for the um, the elf, I'm not sure that sleeping from three until six is going to count as a long rest. Um, I can do a song of rest to add. That's not going to get spells back, though. Yeah, you know what you could. Yeah. Yeah. So we I we do need to wrap up. Maybe what we'll do is you do the short rest. Then you leave at 6 a.m., get out of town, and then rest until noon to count it as a long rest. Yeah. That sounds good. Yeah, we definitely want spells back at this point. Yeah. Okay, so we will we will start up next time at noon with you all outside of outside of Woodwall, heading towards the, the keep after having done a long rest that that takes you until until noontime. And we're on again for next week. Hey, excellent. Thank you. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I hope oh, your I'm, daughter's feeling better soon, Nate. I, I, thank you. I appreciate that. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll keep things moving here. Yeah. Hang in there.